Welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for joining us for the Collingwood Crushers, also known as the Geelong Cats in our team analysis this week, Chris. I hate you. <laughs> I actually zoned out there for a second and I'm like, oh, he's trying to pay me out. Oh, shit. Collingwood oh, Crushers. Um, really hurt. Yes, so thank you very much for tuning in and for continuing to tune into our team analysis series. This is Geelong. We're obviously covering the uh, Gold Coast and GWS over the next couple of days as well. Yep. And for those of you who are new to us, please do follow us and join us on all the socials. We are SC Insider 100. We you are. You can find us, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, you name it. Google Podcast. You yep. always forget those ones. They're probably the two biggest, but whatever. <laughs> um, and That's of why course, on YouTube, just search for us. We are Supercoach Insider. Wonderful. That's why I'll let you finish, Chris, because you complete me. <laughs> wow. There's so much I could say about that. And what about me there's, and my 2,000 references there's again? There's too many innuendos in there. I just can't even. I can't even. Another 2,000 reference. Uh, okay. So let's just get straight into the Geelong Cats. They are a very interesting topic. They are one of the highly spoken about teams because they've had a few people leave and also they've experienced, uh, um, I can't say a shortfall, they've definitely recruited in a, a lot of older players, Chris. They have. They're really going uh, hell for leather this year. Um, they they really want to get a, uh, a championship, hopefully before Danger retires. Um, I say championship, a premiership, sorry. Um, and look, they, they have traded well. I'll give them that. Um, they don't – they've got a lot of talent coming in, but this really, really what they've done the last season – Essentially, even two seasons um, is trading inexperienced players. Is they want to try and just completely go for the flag, and they're in a window. So, um, see if they can do it. Um, I, I'm not entirely positive. However, you know anyone that's going to bring in Jeremy Cameron at any any given time to complement arguably the best forward in the competition in Tom Hawkins, it's going to be a good year. Um, so we'll see how they all transition through. But let's let's start on the rookies. Um, they didn't. They only really had three picks that they took to the draft. Um, and they obviously don't really have the spots to be able to develop that talent in the AFL. So a lot of the picks that they did pick are project players or players that are going to be good for them in the future. So with pick 20, they picked up Max Holmes. Um, the reason he's interesting, so he's 121K mid forward. He was actually the, um, the under 18 Australian hurdle champion and 400 meters. Um, and he does the uh, 20 meter sprint in 2.8 seconds. Um, so very talented athletic guy was going to go down the athletic route, chose AFL and uh, they snapped him up with that pick. Um, but he really is a project player, um, obviously high end elite skills and traits, um, but needs some time to develop. He's 189 centimeters and he's only 76 kilos. So he needs to put on some muscle, get some size into him and uh, maybe next year we'll see him. Uh, Shannon Neal, uh, the next one, the ruck forward, 117K ruck forward, athletic ruckman. Um, he posted a 635 2K time trial, which is very, very good for someone his size at 202 centimeters. And he has an extremely vertical, a high vertical leap for his size as well, which is 73 centimeters. So usually those guys that are really tall, they don't, don't also have the real big jump, like say a Nick Nat. Um, and he's not Nick Nat-esque in terms of his jumping ability. You know what they say though, the taller you are, the harder it is to kneel. 
<laughs> that's, that's very true. Um, but he's uh, definitely one, obviously, with his agility that he can play as a fourth midfielder when he's around the ball. So um, I think someone that could definitely surprise in the future uh, as a super coach option. Uh, but again, it's probably not likely that he gets game time this year. And last one's Nicholas Stevens. Uh, he's picked up at pick 47. He's a 117K defender. He's 192 centimeters and 84 kilos, uh, medium defender. He also is a very athletic person, clocking a 6.32 2K time trial and a 2.97 second 20-meter sprint. Uh, Good news about him, he can also rack up the pill behind the ball. So he's one that can distribute as well as defend. Um, But again, don't think that he's likely to play this year, especially because that position, they actually have depth um, at Geelong. So don't think there's a spot for him at this stage. That's fair. Although he is training with a defensive group and um, I don't know, defense is the one area they could definitely probably squeeze someone in though if there was a position on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, they've already got someone like Sam DeConing um, that's it's been waiting in the wings, um, obviously hasn't played yet as of, as of this stage. He's actually a 123K defender as well. Um, so they want to get some game time into him. Again, I don't think it'll be this year. I just can't see it unless they get you know injuries. I don't think he's going to be jostling anyone out of those positions in that back line. Same with Nathan Krieger, um, 123K forward. There's a chance he can play if they if one of those other key guys gets an injury, but other than that, he's definitely going to be depth. Well, if De Kooning was going to play, it would be probably taking out Henderson. Yeah, If absolutely. anything. Like- yeah. Which shouldn't be that hard, so. <laughs> <laughs> what a spud. No, he's had some good games. He has, he has actually – the back end of last year actually came good, so – um, the, the only one really that I can see breaking into um, their 22 this year would be probably keep Cooper Stevens. Um, obviously, there is other um, variables to that, but they did blood a lot of youth last year. So they've got a lot of guys that are coming up and under that have already played. Cooper Stevens, unfortunately, is not one of them. He should be able to get a game this year. Was dogged by injuries in his um, uh, late in his draft year. And so he came in underdone at the start of last year and just never really got the ground running. I think you were saying how many times did he um, – uh, five times he was emergency, five times. So yep. he was very close and um, this year definitely could be his year. And he is someone who's been in the system for you know, 12 months. So I'd much rather his chances over someone who has just been drafted. Yeah, I currently have him on my um, mid-rookie bench. Uh, so Same. And uh, I do think that there's a chance that he can come through, particularly with how their, um, their best 22 is rolling out. Um, there, there seems to be a little bit of spot there, a little bit of an opening right at the end of their 22. And I'll, I'll briefly go through how I've lined it up. So tell that to Constable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. He's, he's one of those guys that could potentially be in with a chance, but who knows? I'm surprised, so, so shocked that he wasn't traded last year. If he gets more games, would that make him a senior constable? <laughs> Maybe. I think you need to play at least 100 games to be called a senior constable. Fair. Um, so from the back line, Buse, uh, Henderson and Colo. Um, I've got Tui, uh, Blitzars and Stewart on the halfback line. Duncan, uh, Menegola and Smith. Um, on the half forward line, I've got Higgins, Cameron and Parfit. And the forward line, I've got Dangerfield lining up there right now, but there's still question marks over his fitness for round one. So we'll have to wait and see with that. Um, and then Hawkins and Myers, I've got there as that forward pocket pressure player um, who has impressed. Um, I've got Stanley in the ruck uh, with Selwood and Guthrie. Selwood, I've got him playing, yes, you know, starting on the ball, but he's played behind the ball. He's played different roles. He might not be that guy anymore. Um, and an article came out this week too saying that um, yeah, there's going to be a chance that a lot of these players will get rested throughout the season. I think 
you know, they've drafted and traded in to win a premiership and I think they're under no illusions that they're just going to have to rotate through their side and try and maximise their performances. Well, the good news is they've got they've got depth, so they can probably do that. On the interchange bench, I've got uh, Jordan Clark. I think he gets a run, uh, an extended run in the twenty-two. He's he's done his dues. He's paid his he's paid his way. He should, uh, if he's not on the field, I think he'll be on the bench. Uh, Jack Henry as well. Um, Gary Rowan, um, and then the last bench spot can be literally anyone between Narkle, Constable, Simpson, Cooper, Stevens, Tom Atkins, and then we've got depth um, of Radigalia, Jenkins, Fort, Close, and. Dalhouse is injured right now and unlikely to play early. So um, Poor Jenkins. Last year he's like, oh, yes, they want me, but Adelaide's paying half of my salary. Next minute they just bring in Cameron and now he's like <laughs> – No chance of playing this well, year. Well, it reminds me of um, the longest yard and then he's like, you know, when all the um, – yeah, the gangsters, the the darker fellows started to come in and then his Brucey starts crying. He's like, no, I'm never going to get a game because <laughs> he's not very I good. I haven't seen Longshot in ages, but it is oh, on Netflix at the moment. It is. Write that down. Is it on the line? It's on the line. Um, so getting into their premiums, obviously the big one that I just touched on, Patrick Dangerfield. Um, what do we say about Danger right now? See, I think you kind of, because he is underdone, you can't really start him based on his high price, 611K. So what's happened is he's um, he's had a consistent groin complaint since the grand final last year. Even then he said it actually hampered him during the season last year, which would probably explain why he did sit forward a lot. Um, maybe someone should have told Scott that, you know, if it was hampering him, it's like, well, hang on, maybe you should just – throw him in the midfield for the third quarter anyway once you start getting pumped by five goals. How about you just kind of try it? Or maybe don't play him in back-to-back games with a four-day turnaround. I don't, I don't know. There could have been that. It could be that. I don't know. I'm just, just speculating. Yes. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a premiership winning coach, so I suppose I can't just say that. Now, 30 years old, he has played 123 of the last 127 games, averaged 123.1 in that time. So he's a very consistent player. Right, he has averaged the last three seasons at one seventeen. Essentially, definitely the safest option as a forward. However, again, if he is underdone, it means that he might actually start off slower. I see him playing more forward to begin with to build up that match fitness, to build up his body, make sure he doesn't overstretch in that midfield and and you know do himself some more damage in through that hip flexor and groin. Yeah, and look, here's what here's what Danger's done for the last five years is that he starts off slow and then comes home with the absolute thunder. When like, it counts. It's just insane. And one thing that I would like, love to point out, um, Danger is la- Danger's last game of the season, round 22 or round 17 last year, is always an absolute heater of a game. I think his lowest score over the past five years is like 150. Like he just goes huge in the last round of the season for no reason. So someone you definitely need to get during the season. Yes, 100%. But I don't think you need to start with him. I don't think he's a must start. And I, I, he may not even play round one. Um, don't do this or put him on the bench for round one and have him in round two thing. That is silly. That's a stupid amount of money to be storing on your bench. Um, unless you're going when he's for got question marks over him anyway. Well, unless you're going for um, like a league in a, in a standard sort of oh, sense. Yeah. Yeah. Of then course. not a bad option at all. Now, see, here's a funny thing though. For me, if he was completely fit, I would actually see him playing more midfield than forward before they had Hawkins and they kind of really struggled for that extra, marking forward that could, you know, do some damage. So yep. you look at, okay, so Hawkins, Rowan, Danger, and then you're looking at a few of these other smaller guys, Atkins, etc. Now you bring Cameron in. Cameron, Hawkins, Rowan, 
or Radagalia, then it's kind of like, okay, well, well, I think do the Radagalia need- experiment's over. Well, I think that um, they, they they tried so many times to play him and Hawkins in the same forward line, and it failed and failed and failed and failed. Uh, so I think they won't be playing um, someone of his nature. They will probably likely go with just a pinch hit ruckman that's just going to body up yep. someone. I think that ruck is still up for grabs. So maybe they'll try and say, hey, Radagalia, you know what? Your only chance now is to play ruck. So you need to work your ass off because apparently Fort is also in the in the ranking again to take over the ruck from Stanley. Yep. Poor Stanley though. Underrated. Uh, underappreciated. He's probably underrated if I don't rate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, underrated. Well, he keeps doing the job though. So Yeah, that's true. Anyway. Um, yeah, so for me, Dangerfield, I think he could when fit will play more midfield than forward based on the structure of the team. Now that's just a gut feel. Uh, but you are right. He did average 120 over the last 14 rounds, uh, 124 over the last six, five scores under 100. So he had 66, 75, 83, 88, 89. Yep. Drops a few low ones, so you can usually pick him up a little bit cheaper, but make sure you have him for the run home. Absolutely. Uh, look, he's, he'll be available for 550K by the buys, uh, the latest. Do not wait that long. If you can get him earlier, get him earlier. There'll be a time when he'll bottom out. You need to jump on. Jump on with the bandwagon. And don't let him yep. fly by. Everyone's doing it. Everybody's doing it. Through the quad to the gymnasium. Um, yeah, Sam Menegola. Um, yes. So someone who really um, improved again. And we, we've seen Sam Menegola before with the right role. He is a super coach jet. We spoke about it last year too. He was the smoky because I'm like, okay, Tim Kelly's out. Who's going to be benefited the most? And it was like, well, Menegola. He is the one that got screwed when yep. Tim Kelly was so good. And then Hindsight's he was the first one to jump so good. in. I yeah. love hindsight. Oh. Um, yeah, look, I, I've got him playing majority midfield, but he he played um, a large amount on the wing and part of that, um, part of his stamina and his work rate up and down the ground is why Menegola scored so well. He was open yep. all the time. No or one gave him any attention. He'd be the last one coming in to get that last fist in defense. He worked so hard. Yep. And you're like, his where did he come rate, from? His work rate's incredible. Uh, he was definitely unbelievable. Um, he is someone who is definitely underrated and – even this year, I think, in draft leagues, people are going to be probably looking past him. Uh, yeah. Look, the problem is at 107.8, you've got, to, you've got to be committed to going, well, is he improving? Because it's now 580K. Is Sam Menegola the type of guy that can go up from that? I don't know. Don't think so. Maybe maybe he's capped at 110 at an absolute best. Yeah. But... Um, I think he's probably more inclined to be around that 100 to 105 sort of average player. Um, and it's just a bit of a risky pick. Yeah, I agree. In draft and in standard. I've seen people look at him in standard. Nah. Um, yeah. Duncan's where it's at in standard if you're thinking that way. Cheaper, has a better ceiling, has better options. Yeah, well, I mean, he was Selwood's, injured last year. He's yeah, got, Duncan got, was. He was consistent before he got injured. But again, you look, Selwood's not going to be doing the brunt of the work. Longer games, Duncan, if fit, he mm-hmm. works hard both ways. He's silky smooth. Duncan's the value pick of draft and standard if you're looking at a Geelong player. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree. I think he's definitely got another a, a few legs to go there. Um, what he averaged last year, 103.6. Um, I'm not picking Duncan the, over Cripps or Walsh is, though, but it, he's definitely value and standard uh, in draft, should I say. I don't know. The problem with Duncan really is sometimes he gets the role and sometimes he doesn't. And I've got no idea what what um, Chris Scott's thinking when he's what he's doing with Duncan. Um, but in my opinion, he's he's one of their best midfielders, if not 
their best, you know, that doesn't go forward because he's not the guy that, you know, lines up in forward pocket when he's resting. He um, He's either on the ball or on the wing. Yes. Um, look, I, I love him. He's got, he's got he's the best user in there. I mean, now they've got Higgins, so maybe that takes a little pressure off him. I'm not sure really where that sits. I, I like him as a pick. Um, I don't think that he's got more scope than 110 to 115. That's his absolute cap. Yeah, I think 115 is probably absolute maxed cap. out. Yeah, I yep. agree. Um, another person, Tom Hawkins, and he is in bugger all standard size. And Everyone's he looking past him. He's absolutely he's killing it. And um yeah, everyone's just looking past him. It's, it's it's a funny thing. Everyone just needs to see how him and Cameron are gonna work together. Uh yeah, well they've already spoken about how they're both going to be deep at times and get up the ground at times. And I think you're right though, with Cameron coming in, Hawkins isn't going to get the same amount of they'll, they'll go to whoever's better in position. Yeah, yeah. So exactly right. So it's not going to necessarily be just kick the ball to Hawkins. It'll be, okay, who's who's available? I have got these two huge targets and I'm going to kick to the, the guy that's probably in the best uh, available spot at the time instead of just going to Hawkins. So And Hawkins is also very selfless. Um I could easily is. see him trying to block out his defender and then let Cameron run back into space, oh, etc. So it's going to look good. If you own Hawkins and you see him do that, you'd just be like, oh, come on, man. Selfless. At least compete for the ball. Uh, even in draft, 105.8 average for me is well overs. Um, the year before that, he actually averaged, um, I think it was about, was it 87, 85.6 the year before. Yeah. Right. So it's it's one of those ones where I'm probably just going to let someone else pick him and they'll pick him around the 100 mark easily. And I'd oh, let, I'd more, let them yeah. do that. Yeah, I would yeah, let absolutely. them do that. Same thing is uh, I feel the same way with Guthrie. Now, Guthrie okay. had probably – I like Guthrie in draft. Oh, he, oh mm. no. uh, he, had the, he had like a career best year, okay? Guthrie averaged yep. 76 the year before. Because he had for the first time in his career consistent midfield time. Yes, but he is also someone who – he was great for the team. He's a team player. I'm not picking him and expecting him to keep his role and to again match his previously best season – for a hundred and three average, I think he can match it and do better. Um, I think that he's got another leg to go, and if if he gets, he's only played seventy three point six time on ground percent time on ground last year, in a shortened season. He gets run with rolls. Um, he's around the ball consistently. He can rack up the peel like it's going out of fashion. He's got a high ceiling. Um, yeah, no, I I think that it's every chance that he improves on that one hundred and three. I actually really like him in draft. I shouldn't be telling you that. You can take him, mate. Um, I am I'm, not fighting you for a Guthrie. I'm not picking him, you know, as, as, I mean, for 550K, I can pick up Sam Walsh, so. Well, for 0.4 of an average, you go Duncan, wouldn't you, over Guthrie, surely? Uh, well, depends on what's available, what you pick. Okay, so you could pick Duncan or Guthrie? Uh, Duncan, because he's been done it before. Thank you. But but there's Guthrie, if he's available, and you're looking at, okay, who's next, and, you know, Duncan's not there, definitely. I don't think there's anything wrong with that pick at okay. all. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You heard it here first. Guthrie's going to be Jeez. 105 to 110 this year. Oh, I'd take unders. I would, take unders? I would bet unders. Easy. Ooh. Anyway. Total points? Yep, I am. <laughs> total points. Oh, uh, no. We, we need to find someone that you think is better than Guthrie. Oh, we could go, nah, because I think Duncan's better. Try anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you choose someone that you think is going to average more that's got a similar scope and uh, we'll have a bet on that one. Yeah. I really like Guthrie. Okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, I'll go with McCluggage. <laughs> I'll easily take that one. Really? Really? Yeah, oh, 100%. McCluggage over Guthrie. Someone who plays on a wing versus someone who plays on the ball primarily. Yeah, I'll take McCluggage over Guthrie. Okay, let's – Yep. 
Number two. Number two. He's in the books, boys. Guthrie versus uh, McCluggage. McCluggage. Yeah. And I love Suitcase too. I don't want to be not bagging oh, for him. Oh, my God, Chris. That's, nah, that's I'm taking horrible. Guthrie. I'm taking him to the Comment bank. what you think. Surely no one's going against the Suitcase. Nah. For Guthrie. Bro, it's all roll, bro. Mate, you know it's what? It's all roll. The problem is is that his hair's grown longer for another year and those dreads are going to weigh him down. Dude, he did 103 on 73.6% time on ground. Yeah, and now put him into a normal game. Yeah, with- where he's going to go, look, add 10% time on ground to that. What's that? At least 115. Let's go. Oh, uh, you know what, Chris? Wait a minute. I thought we were stuck in a blender. Now we're saving lives? <laughs> what? Yeah. And 60%, 60% of, the time, of the time, it works, it works every time. Every time. Very you cool. are not uh, thinking clearly. I like it. Uh, all right. Okay. So uh, the next one is we'll move on to. Um, so Stanley, I think, don't pick him. He averaged one hundred two point seven, but only averaged. Uh, so played seven games. They rotate their rucks too much. At he's Geelong. not. I don't like it. And he's not guaranteed. So again, in the ruck format for draft, do not pick him. Do not touch him. Make sure you let someone who is uh, newer, younger, stupider to pick that person. Mm-hmm. Now, Rhys Stanley is the one that we just spoke about. Uh, Tom Stewart, five hundred thirty-eight k defender. Very Solid as a rock. Very, very reliable. Uh, he played 14 games because obviously he did his collarbone uh, in round four, so he had a score of 18. True average of 106.5, which is extremely good value. Average 98.2 in 2019. And uh, look, I think actually, he, the year before that, he averaged like 100 too. Like it's yeah, he, he's it's very, very consistent. And the the extra 6.5 could be attributed to the fact that obviously he's taking those intercept marks. Correct. In that season, it gets more scaling, etc. And his true average actually lines up with the fact that he played five percent less time on ground because of that early injury in his game. So okay. realistically, he plays a high 80 kind of percent time on ground. Yep. I Perfect. think he's extremely good value. I can't see him go below 100, and he could definitely go between that end. You could do a lot worse than having Tom Stewart on your field this year. Yep. Um, I don't think he's a bad choice at all. Um, not something that I'm picking, but um, just because if you just want a flat bank it every week, 100 average, 538K, very simple choice. But like we know with someone like Tom Stewart, you'll probably be able to pick him up during the season for not much more expensive because he's so consistent. Correct. So, not someone that's going to hurt you. Nah. Uh, however, he did have his last seven games were all hundreds. He averaged 115 for his last five rounds, and his last five was uh, 119, 123, 127, 145 in that five. So, yeah, definitely good a good option. Definitely. Uh, okay, now Blykarvs or Blixarvs is a defender, and it's going to be interesting because he did play a bit on the wing and a bit in defense, and now with uh, Harry Taylor gone, he is the one who is going to be going back there. Yep. There's no ifs, and or buts about it. Uh, if anything, Henderson will get uh, thrown out for um, De Kooning. Yep. So I would be staying away. He is overpriced, overhyped. Love him for what he does, right? He'll come in and possibly pinch hit in the ruck previously. But I don't think he's going to do it. down for sure. He has to lock down. Yep. And if you're locking down a defense, how can you get freed up to do a pinch hit roll on the ruck? I think he probably goes back to his 2019 average. Um, so about something about 82? the 80 mark. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. He's overpriced. Leave him. Don't pick him in draft. He's going back to a defender, so that'll free up, you know, Clark or um, you know Higgins or someone like that to come in, or Smith to yep. come in onto that wing role, and then they'll get someone else to kind of help out in the ruck. Absolutely, yes. Um, so Higgins is the next one. Obviously, he's just come in. He's going to be playing high half forward and on the ball, but there's just so much unknowns. Five hundred ten k. Um, yeah, roles unknown. He did have seven hundreds, including a one forty one and a one eighty two. So again, that extra uh, high ceiling from last year just gone. He's averaged essentially 95 the last two years running, so he's not a bad option. Uh, midfielder only. Look, you could do a lot worse than Higgins, 
for the role he's playing, I'm not sure I'd pick him at a 95. I'd probably even go five unders at a 90 and I'd be happy picking him at a 90. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. Um, moving down, I suppose everything else from here is pretty much mid-prices. And there is, there is quite a bit of mid-prices. I mean, I really like how Brandon Parfit plays his game. He's got a really high ceiling. And if he can get enough mid-rotations through there, um, he could be anything. Unfortunately, last year, he only played 70.9% time on ground. Yes. And still managed to average 847 So... Um, if he got you know the right role, he could be anything. But I think he's going to be one that comes off the bench, and he's not going to get that much TOG this season. Yeah, he um, averaged ninety four for the first six rounds, and then averaged seventy eight for the last eight. So I think he was injured on nine, uh, so round nine on fifty two. So that kind of then brings it down. True average of just over eighty seven. Yep. Not a bad option. Now, the only problem is he's, again, a midfielder only this year, which kind of rules him out in a lot of formats for me. Yeah, it does, yep. Um, you could pick him up real late in a, in a deep draft for the bench, someone who will you know, maybe get you an 80-plus and just hope that maybe he'll get a better role for a bit longer mm-hmm. and average you 90, I guess, is your hope. Pretty much. Yes, Selwood. What's your, what's your thoughts with Selwood? Oh, it's a tough one, It's all right? roll again because, I mean, some, here's the thing that happens with Selwood is that one game he runs in there and, and plays on the ball completely for that game and dominates. And then the next game he's playing off halfback. And I just don't know from a week to week what his role is because he's just obviously the captain. He's doing what's required. He'll play wherever they, they put him. Um, if he gets a consistent run on the ball, he should be able to so 95 to 100 easy. Like that's a walk in the park for him for in that role. Well, he was injured round seven. He got a score of 10, did his hamstring. So his true average is actually 90. Now, he wasn't really the same when he came back after that either. So he was, remember how he tried to get his fitness up, was playing a bit of wing and a bit of outside. Yeah. Oh, you know, old man Selwood didn't know how to run and um, yeah, did his hammy. So now that's kind of concerning, soft tissue injury, getting older. What role is he going to do? Uh, still having him on your side, even in draft, he's cheap enough that at – was an 82 average. Again, he did average 90 minus his injuries. You can pick him up super late. late. And he could be he could surprise and give you some big scores and get you some wins. So between 92 uh, 82 and 90, I I'd, I'd pick him up at a mid to high 80 and just kind of he just looks good. I like it. On, on your paper, like he can't be too upset. Um the big question though that everyone wants to know is what's happening with Jeremy Cameron this year and what's he going to average? It's a tough one. Isn't yeah, it? well, he did have a little bit of a, a niggling issue, didn't he? He was a little bit hampered, uh, delayed just recently in the preseason. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I think he could be anything. I think he really struggled with the COVID bubble. Um, he wanted out of there. He wanted to, you know, get away and actually do things. And I think he openly said that he he didn't cope with the COVID bubble very well. Right, so if you're you're a forward, you're not doing so well. You're you're away from home. You're it's struggling. All about confidence, yeah. Well, yeah, you're struggling. You're not confident. And then you're not only that, your team's actually not doing that well. Your captain's getting dropped. Like it's you know, you're expected to win finals. Your dad's the coach, you know. Yeah, <laughs> your, be- your, your best Sorry. mate's Lambert. <laughs> oh, that's Whitfield. Sorry. Um, <laughs> your other best mates doing whatever on Tinder. You don't even know. Oh, you don't know. But look, in 2019, he averaged 92.8. <laughs> Would you like one of these, Chris? There you go. Thank you very much. That was, um, it was worth it. It was worth it. I think the sixth pattern reference that we had this preseason. <laughs> oh, good old pattern. Uh, he's bringing the comedy to our podcast this season, I can tell you that. He, he is. And, yeah, the poor guy, right? Surely. Wait, but you know, in, in his theory, he sends out that many messages that... 60% of the time <laughs> it works every time. Um, but cool. for, going back to Cameron, he averaged 92.8 in 2019. 
three hundreds. He had some really good scores. Uh, very inconsistent this year, but he did say with his role with him and Hawkins. He said, I would say that we'd both get a look deep and then we'll both get up the ground at stages, which means that they're going to be interchangeable to try and really run those defenders around to try and get them lost in trans uh, in traffic, lost in translation and try and burn them on the way back and get them a bit confused. Who knows what's going to happen with them, but what I do know is that I'm not picking him at 388K. Me either. I do not have confidence in anything of Geelong's game plan that revolves around Supercoach scoring for forwards. Not this year. I just don't – I'm not going to find enough information in one game sample size to say, yep, all right, Jeremy Cameron's a lock at 388K. Yep. Not unless he was locked up, up, getting up the field, coming back and and kicking some goals. If he goes and goes bang, bang in round one and round two, I'll consider, you know, a a corrective trade to get him in. But that's about it. I'm I'm not at all sold on Jeremy Cameron. And again, key forward – don't you know? What I mean, personally, like up and up and down are, scores. That's up and fine. Down. It's it's yeah. yeah. Up I, and down scores for me. Like draft though, I'd be keen. But the problem is, is that new club. All right, someone's picking him up at a ninety average. <laughs> someone, someone no is. Someone who's an idiot. Well, someone, <laughs> someone who likes Geelong is going to pick yeah. him up around a ninety average. And and for me, there's. Yeah, I'd probably get him at high 80s because then there's a bit of buffer each side, right? There's a bit of meat on the bone. If he goes 90 plus, you're winning. If he goes even higher, then you're laughing. Yeah. I don't see him going much below a mid 80. So, very cool. Yeah. Someone's jumping though. I agree. You get like all the preseason hyped players are going to go early. Caldwell, someone's going early. Every player that's been spoken about. I mean, Devin Smith last year (laughs) went early. Definitely in Supercoach Elite side, they went probably they round, went really round one. Hey, the number one forward, I'm picking him with pick number seven. All right, now the last three, <laughs> the last three I want to chat about. Um, so these guys are questionably in the 22 on any given day. So um, I think they're very risky picks. But obviously you've got Quinton Narkel at 310K, Charlie Constable at 266K, and Jordan Clark at 241K. I don't think any of them are really nailed on to any spot, but they all have talent. They all could make a lot of cash and score really well. Um, for that reason, I always keep an eye on them, but I've got no confidence in them right now as of this stage of the preseason. So, um, do you, do you no, no, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think the one for me would be probably Isaac Smith could average you uh, an 80. Uh, he did it last year, oh, 83. For draft, yeah. Okay. In for draft, yeah. No, yeah. no way for standard. Uh, standard, the only one that would actually stick out for me is Jordan Clark. If he gets onto the wing, Yep. All right, because they did say that he might get a run on the wing and in defense if he has He's that role. He's been thrown around all over the park. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but if he gets that Talent. role, it, it's possible. I still think he's too expensive because I don't think there's enough cash to be made unless he kills it. And Narkel's definitely a smoky. He started out coming, you know, really well done. Killed it it's a couple of years ago. Again. His body. Yeah. The Narkel sparkle. Yeah, unfortunately. So but, um, there's a lot, of, a lot of gaps there. A lot um, of question marks over Geelong, isn't there? There are, and even you know the other players like Mark O'Connor, who was really good for their side, played all seventeen games, averaged seventy, has some great scores, but then also you know followed up with some forty twos, forty threes, forty fives, forty eights, forty eights, and then very up and down. So that's what happens when you play Lockie Lockdown? Lockie Lockdown. That's what happens when you play next to Henderson. More like it. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. So I think that kind of wraps us up for here. Are you? So you're off the danger to start and absolutely. picking him up cheaper. Yep. Yes, 100%. I'm with you. I could almost be swayed in just starting him just because I know that – here's the worst part, right? I know I shouldn't start him. He's overpriced. He's underdone. But then every time I look at my F1 and I see Dangerfield <laughs> there, it looks so it much looks better. Nicer. It yeah. just looks better. 
Yeah, but then we, then when you'll realize about eight weeks into the season that now everybody has Dangerfield and, and you've you picked lost- him up 80 grand cheaper, that's when you'll be like, oh, yeah, I really hate my life. Those eight, grand, eight rounds were worthless. That's how, that's how you make it better. It was almost like Whitfield last year when you see like Paige coming on saying, oh, yes, I didn't start Whitfield and now he's like 430K <laughs> yeah, winning. And, and I'm like, like two weeks later, though, didn't he? <laughs> He came back no, no, he did. He did well. He, uh, it was when he got knocked out. He didn't do uh, well. Yeah. Okay. But um, and that's my opinion, though, is what Chris is saying about heavily owned people. Now, if you're on someone that's really expensive that drops in price, everyone's going to jump on and you lose your advantage. Whereas on the flip side, though, if you don't start someone who is extremely highly owned, you're and they start off well, you're going to be left behind. Yeah, that's true. Right. I, I think as, as more information comes to light about dangers, um, injuries, and we'll hear obviously a lot more about um, uh, his chances to start round one and then that'll impact, you know, how many people are starting him in standard. So so quick little glimpse before we finish off here today. I'm going to look at the highest owned players so far in the Supercoach app. I'm not going to go through the rookies, so that's fair enough. Lockie Neal, 54%. Fair enough. You're looking at Matty Rowell is 52%, which I find outstanding and astounding. Yeah, I agree. I'm one of those 52% right now. That's ridiculous. It I'd, is a bit ridiculous. I would bank on him actually starting slower. I might actually get off him now though. <laughs> that's a, that's a lot. That's a 49.8% on Lloyd, which means that you kind of might actually want to start Lloyd if he mm. goes big. That's a tough one. Grundy is 48.1, so that's good. Marshall is basically nearly 50% as well, 47.4%. Zach Williams, 41.7. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should even bank against him. That's a lot. This will all change after a couple of preseason games. Laird's 40%. Gorn's 40%. So that's a high makeup along all of those. Whitfield, 35.7. Dusty, 34.7. People love Dusty. There's a lot Jeez. of Richmond supporters so, but out But again, there. if Dusty goes big, it's going to be hard. Cripps is 33.8. So again, if Cripps starts going out with some big 150s, 32.3 have Dangerfield, so they obviously don't know. He might not be, you know, kicking on to start with. Mm-hmm. And Dunkley. than I thought it would be. Dunkley's 26.7. Wow. Wowee. Boy, oh, boy, wowee. Where are we? There we are. Boy, oh, boy, wowee. What is going on? That is, that is strange. And to finish up here, we've got Oliver at 25 and Heaney at 24.8. So interesting. These are... Definitely have a look. This is going to you know, spread out anyway. As, as the season goes on, you see a couple of preseason games, people jump on. But also have a look at who's being not looked at. So Matt Crouch, I think, was like 1% or 2% before. Um, there's definitely some really good options there. Kelly's 70, uh, 7%, Josh Kelly, 7%. There's so many good options as well. I like it. I'm getting excited the closer we get to preseason. Me too. Anyway, so if anyone knows of what is going on with preseason, if you know of a, a live stream or a game that's coming up, please do tag us in it so we can follow along. If it's one of the games that isn't being shown but you're going there yourselves, please do tag us. Just tag DM, us Or DM us or, or yeah. put on Twitter. DM us, us, tag our socials and let us know what's going on because we'd really appreciate it. And that wraps us up. That does. Wonderful. Look, thank you very much. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the trauma. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. Oh!